Bigger than cakes. Give me some outside. Yeah, I mean, I was looking forward to it, and then I watched it. Hello, welcome to Bigger Than Capes. I'm Zach, and this week I'm joined by Angela, Will, and Matt, the collective known as the uh, Unity. Capes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How is everybody? Y'all good? Say hi. You know, do do the words. Go. Yeah. Howdy. Hey. We are um, here. Yeah, yeah, we are. We've, um, I we we've just all watched um, Ninja vs. the Valiant Universe. That's right. We all just. Uh, got in our sleeping bags uh, on the sofa, had the popcorn, um, you know, watched uh, Ninjak. Um, you know, that, 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 that's a good time. <laughs> sure, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the fantasy world we live in, where we're <laughs> able to be in one place. Mm-hmm. Um, and not always watching it. Yeah, yeah, Ninjak. So, yeah, ni- yeah, yeah, Ninja. Um, so, for those people at home who are not aware, <laughs> you poor souls, Ninja vs. the Valiant Universe was a 2018 web series released by Valiant Entertainment and Bat in the Sun. Um, it was, for many of these characters, the first and up to now only live action adaptation. And for reasons that Perhaps we'll never fully understand. <laughs> it was released in, I want to say, five installments? Six, I think. Hang Poss- on. Possibly six. six. It, it might have six. been six. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It was released in six. It was released in six installments through comic book resources. Um, <laughs> CBR.com. And seemingly nowhere else. It wasn't really on YouTube, and people kept uploading it to youtube and it kept being taken down and um there were valiant fans kind of in forums telling you you know the ways you could download it from cbr and so i've read that it was it was upon the release of bloodshot that valiant released ninjak versus the valiant universe back onto youtube as it's yeah, as a sort I of companion hold- piece mm. or maybe just say look how far for- we've come <laughs> <laughs> It is probably look how far we've come. Yeah. Ninja versus the Valiant Universe is like a how's it going? How it went, uh, <laughs> how it started, and then uh, yeah, yeah how it's first. going? How it's going? Yeah, mm. I'm not so, familiar enough with memes to have pulled that off. I think you did okay. We're, we're too old, Will. Um, too old. I'm so tired. I'm going to ask a question now. That's probably just a question I'm asking myself and Angela. But <laughs> how many of you watched? this when it came out in 2018 like i was aware that it was coming out as i was a valiant fan by that point already like yes. it had been a few years um, okay but but i just kind of it was cbr yeah like, insane, i wasn't was, really I want to watch going there much and like so it just made it the the very limited sort of release like that made it very easy to forget that it was happening. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, so, kind of as a continuation of that, then, for for 
purely Angela's benefit, I see at this Thank point. Thank you. Um, I, I know that in 2018, yeah. we were both, let's be honest, stupidly excited for this. We, we were. There are, there are messages somewhere between the two of us showing counting down the days literally there were markings off on calendars for this yeah god what sad people we are (laughs) (laughs) but here's the thing i i know i was listening to valiant podcasts at the time and i was in a bunch of valiant facebook and stuff like that and literally everyone was like this is going to be the best thing ever this is going to be you know the start of a new mcu this will show people what what you can do with valiant this is going to make people see how how badass the valiant universe is yeah we had such hopes that this was going to be the start of something big and i think you'd seen the sun before right yeah yeah, yeah. But well, we thought I'd maybe seen, Valiant like, would give them more money. Yeah. yeah money doesn't equal talent. I, I, <laughs> I've seen, you know, I've seen Wolverine fight Batman and all that kind of stuff that Bat in the Sun do. Mm. And yeah. I guess, I guess I, yeah, I thought Valiant would put up enough, like, cash to make this, like, the next level for Bat in the Sun and everyone would benefit. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're probably the first people to review this since it came out since the excitement has yeah. gone away mm-hmm. so this might be the first and only honest review this ever gets <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah sadly true because this, this, yeah this has 6.8 out of 10 on imdb this is like this is well received this has a higher rating than some films i would give like 10 yeah. stars to mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I I wish that like we could actually find what the budget was, like because I'm I'm genuinely quite interested, um, as to sort of like because I I want to kind I want to know just so I can be either impressed or disappointed because currently <laughs> it's just a mystery. You want one or the other? Yeah. So, yeah. I. Yeah, <laughs> I I would be willing to say at this point that I think you can gauge the budget by the entire thing is meant to be in England, as far as I'm aware. Supposedly. And yet none of it is. Yeah, yeah. It very. Ob- that's the problem is we've not even tried. Like the sets, they just they're like, oh, that's like an American PI's office, yeah. or that's like an American office building, mm-hmm. or that's like an American hotel. That's like an when American the, hotel. When there's the fight in like the forest yes that is literally the most like american like i know california or something like um forest i've ever seen and the most american trees in the world man (laughs) damn it yeah um when like they're going when um i was going through like the atrium i was like that just that for some reason even like the tiles and stuff i was looking at going oh that looks very american Mm -hmm. I mean, they've got some stock footage of the MI5 building, so that was nice. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I assume they lifted that from a much better film. From Spooks, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hours and hours of it on Spooks. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try and give a synopsis. of the, Unless somebody else wants to do it, I'm going to... Oh. No, go for Should it. Should we say, before we go forward, that this is part of a two-part series 
that we're doing where next month we're going to also watch um, the, uh, the the actual cinem- cinematic um, debut of the Valiant Universe with um, with Bloodshot and uh, see how the two of them kind of hold like hold up mm-hmm. or not or not the case maybe mm, spoilers yeah so I think this is a thing that's happening um <laughs> unless you cut this out of the recording in which case no one will ever know <laughs> um no that that is the plan at this point um whether that's still the plan in like you know an hour's time <laughs> it's anyone's guess so all right i'm gonna explain the plot to this ninjack is a kind of I'm, I assume I'm going to have to explain all these. A, a yeah, lot you're going to have to Valiant. explain who who's yeah. Jack, he's, oh, he's he's Bond Batman. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's he's James Bond via Batman. He might be culturally appropriating stuff that we shouldn't be. He's a British ninja, and there's always going to be some kind of issue with that, isn't he's there? A there's always British ninja. Let's he's Ninja yeah. K. Yes. Yeah. No. Uh, you know, there's a ninja program in MI6. We all know this. We just don't talk about it. Basically, the premise of this series is that he is blackmailed, coerced, whatever word you want to use, into stealing an asset from MI6. And basically, that is because his boss's family have been... His boss and his only friend. His boss and his only friend's family have been abducted by Roku. Who's Roku, you ask? Well, Roku is... Um, complicated. Some... Complicated, yeah. She's a former girlfriend, if I, if my understanding yes. is correct. Yeah, of, that's of, correct. Of Colin Girlfriend King, and colleague, yeah. Yes. Who, through reasons, has ended up with kind of magic hair that is super sharp, but can move around, kind of like Medusa's hair from the Inhumans. She also looks quite a lot like Medusa from the Inhumans. I think you have to be a redhead to have moving hair. That's the rule. You can't have moving killer hair unless it is red. Glad we are all in agreement. Um, And Ninjak works for MI6, so when he steals something from MI6, they're all like, that's not on, mate. You work for us. And um, basically... Then Neville, who is his friend and boss and, yeah, has to, you know, sick Unity on him to get pa- get back the asset he's stolen. Unity, in this case, comprising Livewire, Bloodshot, Exo Manowar, the Eternal Warrior, Archer, and Armstrong. Yes. Do we no. need to explain who all those people are? I mean, this is already going to be a long podcast, I think. Um, <laughs> Big blow for blow bio. We can discuss who they are as they appear in yeah, the Yeah, I, 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 I think people I think will get good. it. Um, and they basically, rather than gang up and take on Ninjak in one fell swoop, which would be sensible, decide to uh, kind of run like let ninjak run the unity gauntlet and he fights each one of them in succession i don't even yeah. know why and well, no, i know right exactly why i know i know the, the premise of the show is to introduce us to the entire valiant universe 
And it kind of does that. I think we're going to wrap up this episode by making suggestions to how that could have been done differently. But that's 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 this in a nutshell. Has anyone got anything they'd like to add to that? Or um, no, I I think like that Ninjak runs the runs the gauntlet whilst trying to figure out a way to kind of get out of the predicament that he's in with regard with Roku and the book of the Geomancer. Um, well, there's a spoiler is... for what the asset is, folks, if you didn't God. know already. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. See, like, I mean, let's open up with that. We're told this is the book of the Geomancer. Mm. At no point in this does anyone explain what a Geomancer is. And <laughs> it did strike me that for a, a show perhaps supposedly to introduce a new audience to these characters, it didn't explain who Roku is. No. No. It didn't I, explain... I've explained Roku more. Yeah, than the, than the, the show the ever does. Yeah, yeah in, in fact, the show, she is woman with scary hair. I was going to list out characters that it didn't explain, but it's all of them. Like, so Part um, of me wonders... It, even Ninjak isn't whether, really explained. No. Yeah, part of me wonders whether the lack of explanation is... So, like, is in part because it was put on a website like CBR? Mm. Like, so it was, like, kind of just expecting... If you're if you're going on CBR already to watch this, you're seeking it out because you're a fan, and therefore yeah. we can just throw you in the deep. End. But I, I kind of think that's the problem, Into, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah. Wh- whilst everybody I know who watched this likes Valiant Comics, I kind of struggle with the idea that this was clearly intended to introduce people to Valiant Comics. It doesn't. So, so yeah. why put this on comic book resources when this could be yeah. on YouTube? Why not put this well, I mean, everywhere? Yeah, I mean, Bat in the Sun have their own YouTube channel, yeah. for goodness yeah. sake. They're doing the pro- producing, productioning. They're making the thing. <laughs> and yet, yeah, there's yeah. no tra- trace of it on their channel now. No. I don't even think they've all got the trailer it, on there now. All it really does in terms of like character introductions is character flavour introductions mm-hmm. like it gives you a sense of the character like it, it is very much like showing without like sorry te- uh, yeah showing not telling in terms of hey like archer and armstrong here they are in a bar and they're doing what archer and armstrong do but a little bit kind of a, a little bit different than they would in the comics but like but not telling you like but obviously like it's kind of hard in an hour and a bit to also tell you, okay, so Aram, Gilad, Ivar, um, so let's go back to Ur, um, <laughs> the first city. Um, okay, so you know how, how like, Gilad and, Arms- and, um, and Armstrong just, like, keep on getting their shit kicked in? Well, guess what? <laughs> it doesn't matter. They're real tough, and I mean real tough. See, it can't that, that's such a good point. They don't even tell us like that the immortal brothers. brothers are immortal yeah. or brothers. <laughs> yeah. It took but... me a while to realise that it wasn't doing that because I already knew. So I just I completely yeah. read into it. But there is one moment where 
I think Gilad is like trying to train Unity in a flashback that I didn't know was a flashback yes. until it ended. Yes. I was tiny confused by that. <laughs> I was just like, oh, why, is, why is Ninjak just no, strolled in? Like they're all after him. He's just, hey I, guys, it's me. I had a yeah, I had exactly the same problem. So during the flashback, and then he says to him like, "Calm down, brother." In that super well acting voice, and that was the point that I thought, "Oh yeah, they've never really set up." Like their relationship at all, or why this drunk hangs out with a sort of young, impressionable boy. Who who isn't really a boy because he's clearly a man pretending to be a boy, and it somehow that's creepier, and I don't mm-hmm. know why. This already might be too deep a cut to be getting into, but Archer's <laughs> Archer's powers The Akashic record are just ignored. I mean, pretty much in the comics as well. True. The, the, there's a process of him. Is it him and who's he fighting? Oh no, it's when there. It's when him and Armstrong are fighting Ninjak, and I think they ever even have a chat about like what a real fighter does. And I'm thinking like Archer should just know everything. Yes, because he does. Yeah. Well, yeah. to be fair, like to it, Archer is the one who actually puts up the best fight. In the whole thing, yeah. and if you watch the way he moves, he's like, it's like he he at one point looks like he's doing something like like Wing Chun, and then doing like various other things. He's moving around better than anyone else in the film somehow. See, this is something I said to Angela before we started recording that I think that might be the best fight scene in all yeah, of this. Yes. It is, yeah, and I. Actually like that scene so if, if okay if we take this from the top f- first off ninjak fights a bunch of mi6 agents who are kind of generic and you know batters all of them let's be honest yes helmets and well, guns. Fact, he fights that we have the whole hotel thing don't we because isn't that oh, roku yeah, yeah. yeah okay, let's yeah. go back to the very beginning of you know paris <laughs> With some mysterious reason, we CGI'd a metro train in front of the Eiffel Tower because that's how you know it's Paris. Um, and then, you know, he's there with Vivian. He's clearly high on something, but I think Michael Rowe's high on most of, throughout most of this film, to be honest. He's, he's, he, he just gives the impression of Colin does coke. <laughs> that's the, that's I mean, it's not entirely out of character, it's not is out it? Of character. It's a character choice, completely. I, I will say, I do think... He's not entirely a bad choice for Ninjak. He really, he does look like Ninjak. And when you put him in the outfit, I think it does work. Yeah, Certainly he's got visually. one of the better costumes. Yeah. It's, not, it's not something that I, I particularly require of a character. But I do think he loses something by not having a suave, like, British accent. Yeah, because he's an American. And and I've he, got, I, he doesn't even make an attempt at an accent, which maybe is a good thing. But I think, like, that we describe him from the comics is Bond Batman. Well, in this, he's just Batman. Like, there's not, there's none of the kind of Bond suaveness. He's a, he's a quipping ninja man. Out, out of curiosity, this is probably a question that is just for Will. Which James Bond actor would you cast as Ninjak, and why is it Pierce Brosnan? <laughs> it is absolutely Pierce Brosnan. It is, 100%. There is Pierce no... Brosnan. I mean... Dalton in his in his day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Never Roger Moore. Never. <laughs> Never. Never Roger Moore. 
good start, guys. I think we've <laughs> yeah. No, I <laughs> think yeah. the real question. Dal- Dalton and Bro- Bronholm are the right answers. Oh no, 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 no! Can we please have George Lazenby? Um, you know George Lazenby because... is blackboard by Hollywood. Oh yeah, but like, <laughs> not by Bat in the Sun. George Lazenby um, in a like in one of his test screenings. Um, like was asked to throw a stage punch and because he wasn't an actor and had no stage training um he tr- he tried to throw a stage punch and threw a punch hard enough to break the guy's nose um he was uh who he was doing the screen test with so i think that's some ninjack energy that, that <laughs> yeah. is ninjack vibes that's true that. yeah that's true yeah so back to the fight scene in the hotel into <laughs> Get, there was a point. I've lost it. So let's <laughs> let's make a new one. Um, so yeah, so you have the generic fight with Roku's guys, and it's got that classic strangling a man in the bathroom because you know that happens in all good spy films, doesn't it? Yeah. Killing a man in a bathroom. It's got a real like attempt at John Wick kind of vibe with him in the suit and the like using the bow tie to choke mm-hmm. a man. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't really carry it off, but I know exactly what it's going for. Yeah, it's it, it, but that feels just like we have this hotel scene. Aside from setting up Roku needs to blackmail him, but it's like we're setting up this because all good action films have a fight in a hotel room. Mm-hmm. Facts. Yeah. yeah, and it's not great. And then poor Vivian gets her hair through the brain and. And it's really unclear that that's how she dies. You literally, it's not an obvious, I mean, I don't want it to be obvious on the one hand, but on the other. But it does, it does look like she gets her throat slit by by a length of hair. Yeah, it's like, so how has she just died? Yeah, I think it is kind of bored into the the skull. Yeah, it's not until you see her on the floor and you see, like, the blood on the side of the head. I I can confirm the comic is a lot more graphic in that you literally have hair going through her skull. Through her hair. Yay. (laughs) Yay, cool. But, yeah, it's not... It's an interesting start, isn't it? Isn't it? Well, I mean, this film is, in effect just um a series of linked up fights with the sort of broad shoestring plot between it i feel like that's why you've hired bat in the sun yeah absolutely and i think in there lies its first strength for me is that i actually think for for the most part despite being generic in their setting and scenario i think a lot of the choreography is quite good Mm, that's fair like I think it's of a relatively high standard for the certainly yeah. for for the for the, the budget that they'll have. Um, but having watched the first kind of couple of episodes of Jupiter's Legacy, I think the end of either the first or second episode ends in a kind of big fight, and I thought it looks about the same to me in terms of believability of like the weight of the punches and the way people reacted to being hit. Um, so. You know, to throw some positivity out there. Yeah, I, yeah. I think like Bat in the Sun are good at choreography, are good at like yeah. thinking about fight scenes. There, there are also amongst the cast, there are a lot of people who are very experienced at doing fight scenes. That is also true. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
I, I feel like I have to ask the question now <laughs> that I, w- I was going to linger on and like save for later, but hey, here we are. So if we can all answer in unison, who do you think is the like best bit of casting throughout all of this? I don't know there. It, it's, jo- it, it's John, whichever surname you want to give him, I'm going to go with Hennigan as the internal warrior. Ooh, I, I also like Johnny Nitro as the <laughs> Eternal Warrior, but like I actually quite enjoyed Alex Megley as uh, as Archer. You see, actually, like okay, I thought on the one hand he did the fight scenes well, but on the other, I really. I struggled to buy him as Archer. I don't know what it was, but then again, the whole Archer and Armstrong thing, I don't think that this, partly because these characters are not characters, they are mere ciphers in fight scenes. Yes. I don't think we had enough time to really show what Archer and Armstrong actually is. Mm. Because you get, Armstrong's too much of an asshole throughout most of it. Yeah. And you don't you don't get to see why it is that Archer hangs around with him. So Archer just comes across as this naive person. Yeah, you don't get to see Armstrong's like cultural refinement mm-hmm. and like kind of like sense of like the, he's overall yeah. he's a morally good guy and he's just yeah. also a bit of a dick, but yeah. in, in a generally yeah. harmless way. But yeah, I know what you mean. You never really get uh, I much of a redemption for... No. No, it might have just been that I actually just... It might just be that I liked their scenes, particularly that, like, that fight scene, that I was going, like, oh, he's good, and yeah, like... But, yeah, Yeah. uh, John Morrison um, was, yeah, really good as uh, the Eternal Warrior. And Um, Will? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> no, nobody was really great. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I've got to agree with you, really, that John Hennigan or whatever his various stage names and personas are. Oh, uh, Johnny I, Mundo. I, <laughs> oh, yeah, little 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 Johnny Nifnaf, little Johnny uh, little Johnny Pebble Shoes. Yeah, Johnny Drip Drip. <laughs> yeah, little Johnny Weasel Hat. Yeah, little. <laughs> I think he he certainly looked the part. Um, yeah. I don't want to blow my positives too quickly. I think overall the costumes were pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. When, they, when they were actually practical costumes, rather than doing the bits that they had to do with, like, with CGI, costumes are great. Like, and some of them are like, are like picture perfect to panels. Mm. Like, I could look at... Like, I mean, I know that Armstrong's costume is... Very simple. It's just a few oh, layers. Pretty straightforward blue t-shirt like, with a stamp on it. But yeah. I, I, I really actually felt that they got the look of Armstrong down perfectly. Like he was maybe a, like he could have done with being maybe a little schlubbier, but he was pretty schlubby and <laughs> had like all the right sort of like the layering of the clothes and like the the slightly sort of scruffy coat and stuff. Like all looked great uh, as simple as it is well i don't think you can get any more accurate in costumes than with a red dot on it and that's why jason david frank as bloodshot is the best thing here <laughs> i oh oh can i can i talk about jason david frank you can try okay okay so i i love 
Jason. Uh, no, I have a complicated relationship with Jason David Frank. <laughs> I I love Jason David Frank. He was my favorite Power Ranger growing up, uh, um, and he's now like an MMA fighter. Um, I are any of you aware of his line of Christian-inspired MMA gear? Um, no, but I don't. Only because that. you've told me about it. Oh, have I already told you about this, Zach? Um, yeah, oh, because we you. talk love... about Jason David Frank more than normal people. Well, I imagine he has one of my favorite T-shirts of all time, which is a like a tap aisle T-shirt just with the words like Jesus didn't tap out. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Yes. And, I part of me is like, I I could wear that. <laughs> oh, that's such good stuff. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I I I, I love Jason Dave Frank. <laughs> I don't know what it is. You you throw some white paint at that man. You you shave some lines into the side of his head, and you chuck him a t- a t shirt oh, and a trench coat yeah. on him. He is washed yeah. up. I'm yeah. on board. Yeah, but I think there's there's, there's often a there's, um a desire or a, a, an idea that people that you should change the costumes up from the comics accurate. Mm-hmm. Like if you take the comics accurate and apply it to a real person, it's going to look like ludicrous. And yet here, and yet here, <laughs> they absolutely make it work. You but, might argue that's just good costume design, right? Yes. Like the costumes themselves are, yeah. are solid. The closest one to looking silly is, um, is Exo. Exo. And yeah. that's just in part, that's in part because of the, the CGI. CG because there's, yeah. there's one or two parts where he looks like he's PlayStation 2. Um, and <laughs> that's a struggle. Like when there's a moment where he like blasts off like mm. starts flying and I'm like and I'm like oh no they like they, they swapped out this man for a character from the Exo Man of War Iron Man um, PS1 game um, out of curiosity if we didn't see the like CGI scenes where like his helmet appears and stuff and we just saw him in the, the actual like legit actual suit they made mm-hmm. do you all agree that he it would probably not be so Awkward. I think it is purely yeah. as soon as it's we see that CGI flash of it appearing. I don't know. I still don't. I still it's think still that silly, it looks a bit but... like. Oh yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's the like... thing is, it's calling it armor. That's that's the thing is, they call well, it armor, and it doesn't look like armor. If you look mm. around the neckline um, of it, like on un- like underneath, like the uh, like like. Just, just below, like the shoulder pads and like the chest guard and stuff, like the chest plate, you can see like what looks like um like a chainmail, like a golden sort of chainmail or like a golden webbing of some kind. Yeah, that's true. But it's like, yeah, it's like the 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 sort of LED strips or whatever they are, like the lights mm. kind of down the shoulders and stuff, do look a little silly at points. But like without the CGI, I think you'd get away with a lot more of it. I'd be much more forgiving. Yeah, I do also think, um, and we've not mentioned his existence yet, because I'm not sure if he's part of Unity or not, um, Shadow Man actually looks pretty good. I... They've picked a spe- quite a specific 
version of his costume. I think it was a good choice. Like it's a good version with the very thin kind of uh, pinstripes kind of coming off the symbol. Mm. Yeah. Um, I do think one thing that did bother me with Shadow Man is they've kind of just basically created what Shadow Man's character is, haven't they? And kind of made him... Just the Grim Reaper, really. He doesn't really Basically, portray... Yeah, it, there is no nuance there. The fact that this is Jack Boniface and he has a shadow lower and all of that. Which I get, because again, these characters... Oh, yeah, characters there's, no time. Fight scenes, there's no time. <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, he's carrying a blooming scythe. I mean, it's just like... And even with like, the hood as well that he's they've given him. He's got the hood and the scythe. And, you know, and he just... And he appears only, you know, and he sort of appears in a cloud of smoke in a church. It's very Grim Reaper-like. Yeah. <laughs> like, surprise! <laughs> I'm here. I'm going to drop some en- enigmatic quotes and then I'm out of here and you won't <laughs> see me again. It's it's pretty brave, I think, to like, what, 30, 40 minutes into this to just go, we're going to introduce the dead side, Shadow Man, and uh, we're just going to do this right now as if that's just a logical yeah. step here. Like Bill and Ted playing chess with the Grim Reaper, it's just something that's happening for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, within that, of course, we have Neville, whose family is uh, is taken, and he plays quite a quite a key role. Um, I thought he was amongst the worst of the... Uh... I'm going to give him a, a break and say not the worst of the acting, but certainly the worst of the lines that he was given mm. to deliver. Yeah. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to bring up a point with Neville because it annoyed the crap out of me the entire time. Ooh, is this the thing I was going to bring up? I bet it is. <laughs> it is. is it the mustard stains that? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah. See, I like that. Sides, man. There I like no that it's there the entire time. No, no I'm okay that, to that I love that it's there all the time and he doesn't change his shirt. What I can't deal with is the fact that it changes colour, size yes. and which side of his shirt it's on. Yes. Okay, so, so, okay, so at various points, the camera is pointed at a mirror, that's, um, and therefore it looks like it's on the other side. Uh, (laughs) uh, Also, he's dabbed dabbed his shirt multiple times to try and get rid of it so it's less colourful. I've just tried to make up excuses. Why is is it? I get that that's probably why they put the mustard stain in. Like, man, Neville's stressed. He can't even go home and change his shirt. But that distract. You could have just left it. Just make him look a bit more disheveled. Put a line in about him sleeping at the office. I don't know why the mustard stain. Why? With his his lack of a change, uh, let me ask you a question. How much period of time do you think passed during the the runtime of the the sort of roughly hour and ten minutes runtime? Thirty six hours. We're told in the opening scene. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> so flashbacks. So with that in mind, then I have a follow up. How long does Roku sit at a table? <laughs> I mean, at least twenty four of those thirty six hours, right? At least, yeah. But it's Minimum. a really but, nice. May, yeah. Maybe, maybe more. It is awkward because she, she, so she's spying on, well, not spying on, she's monitoring Ninjak through nanites, the sh- sensory nanites she injects sensory into him. Nanites. And yeah, it, it is kind of frustrating that she monitors that by sitting at the end of a conference table, watching it on like a holographic projection rather than say an iPad or 
you know, a hotel room TV, whatever. She could be doing other things and have it on her phone. That's a thing that could have happened. Yeah. She could have, you know, one of her minions just keeping keeping tabs while she does other evil deeds. But she's got to sit there with her chin and occasionally smile as if... And I don't know, I couldn't, I was going to check, and I couldn't be asked if it's the same her leaning, smiling every time, or if it changes. I can't tell. It could very well just be the same little bit of footage. If, 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 if it is changed, there is more continuity in her expression than there was in the mustard stain, which I think says a lot. <laughs> Can I ask another Roku question? Let's yeah. Go. Why... For the fight with Colin at the end, does she get her eyes back from being white and cloudy? Because she says something about eyes and that, no, 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 I, I, I know how, Matt. My question is why. <laughs> <laughs> so she can because see it with her she own eyes. To, yeah, all the better to see to, with. Yeah, all the way. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, she wanted to see his defeat. Not that it happened with her own eyes, but she didn't know that he was stowed on the plane. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She'd not had time to do the spell to cloud her eyes back. I don't know. I think it's more likely they ran out of CG budget. And said, oh, right, uh, we, need, we need to come up with a reason why <laughs> we, can, we he, can cut the eyes thing. She became don't allergic to the contact lenses. Will, are, you saying that the, are you saying that the laptop ran out of battery when they got to that scene? <laughs> I don't think that's... Uh, yeah, it probably, no, probably cost like $500 a second for those cloudy eyes. <laughs> sure. that noise. Yeah. I need to set them up with my cloudy eye uh, guy because I can get better rates than that. <laughs> that. That is all. Thank you. Yeah, please c- continue. Um, so, yeah, after the next scene then, um, after the hotel. I mean, we're, we're well in, aren't we? So, I've got a note. 36 hours, blah, blah, blah. Yes, titles. Oh, the titles. Can we talk about the titles? Because they're a thing. <laughs> yes, go on. Tell because us the, titles. the titles, you've got like the shots from the actual comic book art. Mm. And then it's got the people. And the last two people mentioned are Jason David Frank, because they're with, and Derek Villa. <laughs> I don't know how you pronounce his surname, but it's Villa. Villa? <laughs> yeah. I'll wait for Zach to give me a check on that pronunciation. But I'm just thinking, because they're at the end and they've got the with and the and, they'll have been paid more. There's a fact for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm just wondering why you would pay Derek the Lur more <laughs> when his acting doesn't seem to... Does, does Derek, who is Eric, incidentally... Yeah. Derek, who is Eric. Exo War. Yeah. I and I don't mean I'm not being a dick with this. Does he have any dialogue? Yeah, yeah. He, gets, okay. he gets angry at points and there's a point where he says, "How do you know Shadow Man?" <laughs> oh yeah. God, yeah. And then... oh, we get that amazing line. Yeah. I'm a walking dead man. Of course, I know him. Absolutely. Yeah. Not, not quite as ecstatic as that was, but <laughs> I. Because <laughs> oh. I'm a chat. Of course, I know him. That was a good place. He, gets, he gets that rad line. Yeah. Yeah. He talks okay. a few times, like he um, talk, he talks in the training sequence, doesn't he? 
Oh, oh when he yeah, fights the shot. Yeah, I would smash you and all that. And, and yeah. the shot's like, I'd shoot you with a gun. And he's like, my armor's bulletproof, you idiot. And it's like, wow. And, yeah, and Livewire's wow. like, well, I'd just, you know. Yeah, I can control your suit. I can control your nana. So shut the hell up, boys. I thought pretty, yeah. pretty boastful for someone who didn't notice that uh, Colin was full of nanites when they, when they that had their first fight together. Really yeah, yeah. I, I've got to say, right, Livewire. I think looks really like Livewire. The costume yeah. design is yeah. really good. The, the introductory fight. Sh- she has where she's like sapping the electricity out of everything it's pretty cool and yeah. um, mm-hmm. we basically don't get our money's worth of live wire though do we we don't see her talk to any machines we don't see yeah. her like do much i she I can't but feel like gillard. she talks to gillard and is like hey do you, do you want to come and you know help track down ninja and gillard's like no he's my yeah. friend and all that jazz and then she's like yeah but you don't know what he took and then he's like what did he take and then suddenly he's on board and we find out later it's because the Book of the Geomancer. We don't know why the Book of the Geomancer means anything to Gilad. But hey, <laughs> never mind. No. Just fill in the blanks, kids. Just roll with it. Yeah. But that's basically all she contributes. Yeah. She recruits people. Well, she's kind of annoying because I, I do think she's she's not bad at being live wire. I think yeah. we, we could have got more live wire scenes. Definitely. Yes. Should have. And also what was interesting, to fast forward to the end, we'll come back to the bit in the middle. Well <laughs> will we though? Um we'll fast forward to the end. And she does sort of hug Colin because at the time in the comics, for those of us who remember those Halcyon days of twenty eighteen, um, there was actually a line where Ninjak and Livewire were having a relationship. Yes. Um, before Harbinger Wars two happened and destroyed everything I know and love. Um so yeah, it was a nice little nod, I thought. But again, you could have expanded on that, guys. You could have done something with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you could have expanded on that. You could have done something with that. Is like that this is this ad- film. This podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, after the titles, let's go back. Can I just say, why does everything glow blue in these sorts of films? Is it a cheaper rendering package when you're doing CGI to go with a blue glow? Because literally all the technology glows blue. The lightning and the electricity is blue. All the holographic displays are blue. The electronic locks are blue. It's all blue. I didn't notice, but it's a good point. Maybe... Maybe multiple colours are more expensive. Like, oh, we can do your green lightning, but an extra $500, everything's $500 in CGI work. <laughs> That's yeah. right, yeah. Part of me wonders whether it's about, like, whether, it, like, composites, like, easier, whether, like, it doesn't clash with, like, because there's a fair amount of, like, a, of a, like, green screen mm. or, like, blue, uh, and, like, blue screen at, like, various points when, like, there's a bit where... Um, either Ninjak or Archer Armstrong, I'm trying to remember specifically, are uh, walking up to like what looks like a logging um, camp for the good fight scene, and the outside sequence is like looks really like it's uh, it's green screen and stuff there. And then I sort of went back over it to to sort of go like, where were the green screen bits, and how regularly sort of were they? sort of shoot were they replacing outside shooting with mm. 
with like studio shooting with like a with a green screen and stuff. And like, yeah. So I wonder whether because I I mean I don't know enough about like production and um, like visual effects and stuff to whether it just works better with that sort of thing to to use like a blue. Uh, but I can also, it, it, it does look futuristic to use blue. Um, mm-hmm. Minority Report taught us that. That's right. Oh, yeah, so it did. That's true. And I guess, like, you're not trying to make anybody look evil. And if it was red, then they'd be <laughs> bad guys. They'd be sick, obviously. Um, anyway, where were we? In, in fact, though, the Siths have blue lightning as well. Oh, damn, they do. Mm, it's all blue. Everything's blue. Blue sky beams up to the sky. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised one of those. Yeah, the really. temptation to make an Eiffel 65 joke here is killing me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that tune. Oh God, I don't know. It was it was a weird time in my life. It was of a time. Definitely. It was of a time. Have you ever heard their other other song where it's just them singing about video games for the PlayStation? Yeah. Um, Red, 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 red. That one. Did did anyone read the Yondu comic a couple of years ago that made an Eiffel 65 and a Tobias Funke joke back-to-back? Yes. Yep. Tobias Funke I would have appreciated, but I can't imagine why I would have found myself reading a Yondu comic. <laughs> Sometimes you see a Yondu comic and you think, yeah, I'll read it. It, it, it was a good creative team doing a it comedy was. Yondu book. I had to. I was like, my hands okay, are tight, right. Phil. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> be weird otherwise. Um, so... The middle no. of this film. The we even got past the uh, MI5 fight yet. We haven't got the point. No, <laughs> no. because of that bit. So, oh, there's a lot. We're going to have to fast forward through some of this. Right. So, <laughs> Neville is in his office, which is not an MI6 office. It's it's not, is it? It's, it's like the set you'd use for a sheriff's office or a PI's office. <laughs> and he's eating his mustard sandwich. And my mum looked over at that point and said, man, that man's really invested in his sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> which is about the level of this. And then, uh, when he's you know had his sandwich in the inevitable busted state, and then there's a an alarm that pops up to tell him there's a breach, but he can't figure that out on his own. So then we have to have the best character in this, yeah. which is his little office friend, who is listed as Neville's assistant on IMDb, and he comes in to tell him there's a breach, and Neville's all like, "Get me Colonel Kate Capshaw." And he's, all the Valley fans go, I, like I understood that reference. It's yeah. got one of my favourite like um, exchanges of script where Neville says, are there cameras? And his assistant says, they cut the feed. And then Neville says, yeah. bollocks, and hits his table. And the whole thing is so like year year 12 pantomime that it's, it's it, excellent. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I laughing so hard at that entire scene. <laughs> it's one of my favourites. Just For the, the rest sheer of the day just annoying Catherine by going like, they cut the feed! <laughs> <laughs> Such melodrama. 
Yeah, and that's uh, when we have the fight in MI6 that Zach referenced about two lifetimes ago. Yeah, about two hours ago, I talked about this fight, and um, it's got almost a Deadpool-esque kind of sequence with the kind of he's lift, he's limbering up, you know, he's stretching out his legs on the railing. The doors pop open. There's no one there. He shoots his head around. He's like, hey. I don't know. I don't know what the tone of this is. I of any of this. I is it funny? It's, is it just dis- disappointingly sad? What's going on? <laughs> for me, it worked and didn't work by a moment to moment basis. Like I actually thought the limbering up and the head popping around fine. I thought that was yeah. like quite quite sort of cute. The the like the big countdown to the alarm going off. I just found sort of irritating. And when he does, he does like a, a Henry Cavill. Like loads his arms, <laughs> and I just think that's not very ninja. He's supposed to be a ninja, not like a pub brawler. Yeah. So yeah, um, that would have worked. Like, like Armstrong, but like yeah. a, second, a second by second beat. I thought like that was funny. That wasn't. That was quite fun. That isn't. <laughs> I've not even considered that he does zero ninjing. He this. does very little. No, I mean, he, he does, does have fighting. He does have katana, and that's yes. about as far yeah. as it uh, as far as it gets. I this so this is completely irrelevant to this conversation, but I do remember them pointing out at the time on Batting the Sun's Twitter Instagram, I don't know, that the like the some of the details on his costume were made from like ninja stuff. So like the um the pieces of sword are like worked into his gear. Costume, I don't know. Yeah. Are you sure they didn't that. say Ninjago? <laughs> We've made it out of Ninjago Lego. <laughs> Build it yourself, Ninja. Again, like I think Ninjak's suit is real comics accurate. Mm. Um, one of the, I mean, again, we're not really heavily praising the plot, but one of the inconsistencies is he goes through this opening fight scene entirely invulnerable to bullets. Mm. Um. And it results in a couple of like the little bit where he does a weird spin on the ground with his swords out and like oh, yeah. pushes the bullets away and then chops a gun in half. I thought, again, that's kind of cool. Like, yeah, moments. Yeah. But then also later on in the film, um, Bloodshot shoots him in the chest and kills him. Yeah. Shot in the heart, but ultimately you're okay. Yes. Yeah, you just take the bullet out in a yeah. dirty bathroom somewhere and just tape a you know bit of bandage over the hole. Of course, because the, because the bullet dissolves into a pure shot of adrenaline. <laughs> I'm not even going to touch the physics and chemistry on that one. <laughs> as soon as Shadow Man says that to him, all I could think was, "What? That's what, what kind of bullshit magic is that? Like a Shadow Man trick, or is that a Bloodshot thing? Why does Bloodshot have adrenaline bullets? Why does Shadow Man have adrenaline bullets?" What is going on with this? And it's if it dissolves, how does he then take it out? I think it's supposed to be yeah. suggested at some point that like this was planned to to send him to the dead side. Bloodshot and Shadow Man had yeah. a little I mean, have have like, yeah, you know what? Look, I've got to shoot him, but can you make it so he doesn't die? Like pull his soul out of the dead side. Send him <laughs> back. It'll be fine. I'm shooting him with a bullet that'll dissolve into adrenaline. You know what would have made this film if it had a Ocean's Eleven style like heist plan? Yeah, 
where we where we understood all of that like twisty moment through a series of heist montages. Yes. Yes. I I also have to while we're on the Shadow Man scene and well we're yeah. not but you know we're not but we are now that, that conversation where Exo was like how do you know Shadow Man and Church you know like I'm a Walking Dead man why doesn't that end with how do you know Shadow Man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm a space <laughs> orc. Yeah, from the past. Uh, it's just, yeah, just another question for whoever yeah. wants to answer. I don't even care at this point. <laughs> you can't, You're can't. assuming there are answers to these questions, and I'm thinking most of them. You there thought Gilad would be more likely? He'd, he'd probably know. Yeah, of course they have. Gilad knows everyone. Yeah. yeah. And I feel... Armstrong, at some point, like met like some version, like you know, yeah. he's he, you know same boat as um, but he's probably forgotten. Yeah, of mm. He probably he probably went out drinking with a shadow man yeah. at some point in history. Yeah, and it just went with the hangover. He you know no memory <laughs> left. Yeah, exactly. Of course, we get none of this from the show. No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we're basically writing fan fiction at this point. <laughs> Filling in all the gaps for Filling them. in all the gaps that they completely failed to. No jaunty. That was a missed opportunity. Yeah. A, a really horrible CGI monkey. But I hear CGI <laughs> monkeys are in about $500 a minute. So. Computer nightmares. Yeah. Oh, that'll be, you know, you want a monkey? 500 bucks. Oh, you yeah. want it with a top hat? 5,000 bucks. <laughs> yeah, they just shoved an extra zero on there for the hat. Top hats are really hard to animate. True. It's difficult. It's like trying to draw a car. It's way harder than you imagine. Can't be done. Yeah. Yeah. So after Ninja has beaten <laughs> up the guys in MI6, um, Neville, as well as getting Capshaw, who's just got beaten up, poor Capshaw, um, then they have to track down Bloodshot for the first of the. Yeah, they call oh, in no. all of. Yeah, it starts to call in Unity. Yeah, so. Basically, they ring Bloodshot while he's killing people, so weirdly he doesn't answer the phone. Who'd have thought? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, really... And I don't know what they were going for. Were they trying to make that comedic? Is that what they were thinking? I think there's a slight, yeah. a slight kind of titter to the idea that he's just so busy killing gangsters that he can't possibly answer his... Uh, his as, a, as a fight, it's not a bad little introduction no, to Bloodshot. But it's weird. Like, with, the, with like the various like knife in body parts and like knife in head and stuff, like it, it's a very quick way of telling you like, yep, this is Bloodshot. This is what he does. Um, he is just like constantly regenerating and stuff. Like if you damage him, like he grows back his arm um, and stuff. Like it, it's it's a it's a well set up sort of fight to just go like shot. And yeah, like it, it, it works in that regard. But yeah, the it's the tone might be a little odd. Something struck me as, as particularly peculiar is they eventually uh, Neville and his assistant managed to get the fight on a local security camera, which at first takes the expected position of being sort of uh, up in a corner oh, and yeah. looking down asymmetrically. Then towards the end of the fight is sort of chest height so that Bloodshot can yeah. look directly <laughs> into the camera. <laughs> 
while he punches it. So now apparently Neville's looking at him through the eyes of one of the gangsters that he's beating up. It got Probably very confusing about how Neville was viewing this fight. <laughs> Probably through sensory nanites. At some yeah. point, a little yeah. drone came along and injected the guy <laughs> with sensory nanites, and that's what happened. Yeah, well, that, that, I think that checks out. What's right, weird is, I think that shot where we see like Bloodshot's face regenerate, where he's been shot in the head, and I'm fairly sure that was in the trailer, like cut one way, and then appears in this, like they're watching it on a little TV, and it's like. You you had time to cut that in different ways, but where's John's team, man? <laughs> my understanding is this this hour and eleven minute film isn't everything that was in all of the episodes. There are little bits removed. Yes, that's my understanding. I, I never saw the original I, things as episodes, but my understanding is it's yeah. been edited down a bit. I need to go and check that because. I'm not saying that through slightly less than possibly legal means I may have acquired those original episodes at some point in the distant, distant past, but I can check that. Can, can you imagine being Angela who wants to watch this twice in a week? <laughs> I, I, my, my mind has more gone to Angela going through the back streets of Manchester going, has anybody got a comp- copy of Valiant vs. the Ninja <laughs> Universe? Wait, Valiant versus the Ninja yeah. Universe? Surprise what you can get hold of in the That's Northern probably what the knockoff's called. Yeah. <laughs> I can do heroin, I've got some coke. No, 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 I want Ninja versus the Valiant Universe. <laughs> yeah. I've got the purest you got. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm good for it. It's <laughs> sad <laughs> oh, oh, to be me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so after we have Bloodshot to get away from my hopeless addictions, (laughs) after Bloodshot's been it up, you basically then get a series of scenes to introduce everybody, a few other folk. So then you've got Archer and Armstrong in the bar, and Archer's doing the pool hustling, and there's some people with absolutely terrible Irish accents. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he beats them up in a toilet! Because yeah. every good action film has to have a fight scene in a toilet. It's the natural arena. And does he pee on the guy? Yeah, I think yeah. He pee on the, guy. the guy at the loo at the loo turns away from the u um, from the urinal and just lets it rip. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna let it rip. Did you notice um, Armstrong had a uh, Princess Leia style accent? change from uh, from start to finish. No! Yes, he did. He was he was closer to attempting some sort of British, and then by the end had just given up. <laughs> it was full American. Yeah. Yeah, when he first meets Darth Vader, he's quite English, but then later <laughs> on... But you get it with Princess Leia when she says... He does. You're the planet of Alderaan. <laughs> and then uh, like, yeah. later on, she sounds like a cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, that that is a thing. I think when you get Armstrong immediately followed by Eternal Warrior as well, you realise like you you have not agreed on an accent for like you guys as an ancient couple of brothers. You've just got no like. Oh, what accent should it be? It's like, well, Johnny Drip Drip should sound like Johnny, and <laughs> yeah. um, 
And Laser from Dodgeball should sound however he feels like in the moment. <laughs> it's all good. Roll with it. Um, I right. So Kevin Porter, who plays Armstrong, I, I'm incredibly yeah. interested by the fact that he he seems to be like known for like nothing. He he is he was Laser in Dodgeball, yeah, and then like 15 years later, he was Armstrong. And between the two. Who knows? Who cares? Who can even? I, can I just bring up a point, Zach? Which other actor was in Dodgeball? And this? Not this, but just generally, an actor who was in Dodgeball. I'm not saying that Alan Tudyk was in Dodgeball, but he was in Dodgeball with Kevin. He was in Dodgeball. Was he yeah, Steve yeah, the pirate? He was the pirate. Yeah. Because yeah, I tried to play. A... Six degrees <laughs> of Alan Tudyk because it's a theme that we go with, and I've done it. It's very <laughs> it's... simple. There it is. So not important, but one of my favourite film scenes I think about all the time is who am I going to share all this treasure with? Yeah, <laughs> all the time. Basically, constant. If you're ever wondering what I'm thinking about and I'm like quiet for a bit, I'm probably thinking about Alan Tudyk as a pirate. <laughs> Which, yeah. It is reasonable. Um, there are- I mean,. He has been in other things. I mean, not many things, Kevin Porter, but he has been in other things. <laughs> Mostly short web series by the looks of it that nobody saw. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, uh, nothing against him. I don't even think he's no, that bad an answer. In the grand scheme of things. He's not the worst link in this casting. No. Uh, by a long chalk. I mean, um, oh, what's he called now? Main boy. Michael Rowe mm. has the uh, the dubious honour of being Deadshot in the Arrowverse. True. Yeah. yeah. So he's got, he's got I, some previous. I quite like him as Deadshot. I thought he was all right. I mean, I didn't watch a lot of Arrow. The first two seasons or so was quite enough. But uh, I think he falls within that bracket, doesn't he? Sorry. I'm well, just... Sorry, go on. I know at the time a lot of people kind of compared this. I say a lot of people. That's obviously not true. People. Um, yeah. Made a lot of comparisons between this in quality and like the CW DC shows. I, I immediately thought of, because I've only watched like the pilot to Legends of Tomorrow. Mm. But I immediately thought of that. See, I... I can't help but think, and I've thought about that. I've been stewing on this for three years now, obviously. Um, <laughs> it's been a long three years. I, I have to say, if you've watched any serious amount of CW shows versus this, what a shitty thing to say. To, to say that an entire network's budget of actual sets mm. and locations versus an hour and ten minutes worth of green screen... Like, yeah. okay, the costumes, sure. The, yeah. But the actual, like, casting budget and, like, scenery yeah. and special effects, that is incredibly unfair for CW to it say is. that this is the same level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I find it as a really odd thing because it just shows that people just looked at the CW shows and went, I'm not going to watch this, but I'm going to ultimately use this as, like, a low-budget bar, even though CW's stuff looks pretty good most of the time. I think, I think yeah. Like, I, that's I not never where my criticisms would have... Yeah. 
I think we're probably about to say the same thing, Matt. So you go ahead, buddy. Yeah, please. <laughs> I was going to say much, much the same. Like it, it's it. They're not my cup of tea, but it's not the area that I'd criticise it. Like I think they look good. I think the costumes are generally yeah. quite good in that. I think the CGI. I've seen some um, a bit of the Flash, which I think generally looks mm. quite decent. Yeah. The one particular bit of Legends of Tomorrow where they have a kind of Hulk style character and it's really bad but that's it just seems like a one-off moment where something yeah. went wrong but, but generally no that's not what i would not what i'd criticize them for for sure i i, I just it's something that when i was re-watching this i really thought about the fact that it's like no there's almost no real sets in this there's so much cgi and there's so many like here's a photo of paris here's a photo of yeah. london here's Here's some stock footage we stole from somebody else. And again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not knocking it. I know that this was considerably less budget than CW or yeah, whoever makes the Marvel shows. I don't know. Marvel, Who made S.H.I.E.L.D.? Did Marvel. anyone make Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? <laughs> I think somebody tried. <laughs> uh, and don't worry, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did everything by using a plane as the setting right they, they just live on a plane all the time yeah. and well, in, the, in the first yeah. season and then it all i don't know i gave up in season three so i couldn't tell you what they're using now but yeah season three of the inhumans yes calm mclaughlin that, that should keep you there for a full season and that <laughs> that lady i like not. who plays sky's mother mm, i can't say her name what she, i can't say her name yeah. but it's it's a lot of syllables it is she was good Get on that while we... So, just to fill the audience in as to what's occurring in the film at this point, while Zach looks that up for us... Dishon Lackman. Ah, yes! There you go. She's good. She is good. She should be in more things. Also in Altered Carbon. Also quite good. She gets gets some good shows and some bad shows. And of course... Angela, you know the connection between Altered Carbon and Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe. There isn't one. Carry on. Um, (laughs) Damn, I was kind of hoping that someone would cross over, but no, I did look up most of the IMDb's of most of the actors in here, and I'll be honest, I've not really seen much else they've been in, if anything. Although, the guy who plays Neville's assistant, Andre Gordon, was apparently a security guard in an episode of NCIS Los Angeles. So I'm sure my mother's seen him in that. And I'll ask her what she thought. I think the Michael Rowe to John Barrowman to Doctor Who, now that's a connection mm. that opens up paths. You've got many, Eccleston, many you've got the other ones. Tennant, Smith, <laughs> Capaldi. Whitaker. I don't know why we're referring to the Millie by their surnames, but let's do that. <laughs> it's a never-ending list. Uh, well, it's ended now, but <laughs> it would otherwise be never-ending. Yeah. If if you're out there and you're still listening, <laughs> thanks. And why? <laughs> Look at your life choices. Look Please, an- life answers choices. on a postcard as to what's got you this deep. <laughs> Why? Leave a comment. We're sorry if we take any of the characters' names in vain. <laughs> I'm just gonna 
Incidentally, if you did want to leave a comment, we're available on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and at our website, biggerthancapes.com. Yay! <laughs> yeah, so we have, we've done the introduction to Gilad. We don't need to go over that. It's snowing. <laughs> like why it shows up. Um, and then we get Eric, who seems to oil himself on the side of a cliff. <laughs> Just putting a bit of bronzer on. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I mean, is it warm, love? I mean, you just appear to be like you've put some extra virgin on for some reason. It's best for tanning, I hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, the lobster looks in. <laughs> um, and after that image, um, we miss, we have a flashback because this film needs to establish character. And we have a flashback between Colin and Neville and the daughter and all of that kind of stuff. Four so we, years ago. Yeah. Um, I still don't know how old the daughter is or how that photo, you know, was that the daughter then? Is that the daughter now? I'm confused. Mm-hmm. She's ageless. <laughs> so is she Neville's daughter? Is she, in fact, Armstrong's daughter? That is the real question, I think, when you got this that's the real undercurrent of the film. Infidelity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, there you go. Did it did it trouble either of well, and any of you as Valiant fans that um at least to my knowledge, Archer and Armstrong have never been in Unity. Um it it did oh. feel like the intro like the characters they put in Unity were kind of just who do we want in this show? Cool, they're in Unity now. And Which honestly I don't mind. No, I'm I'm okay with the idea, but Bloodshot's barely in Unity, if memory mm-hmm. serves. Yeah. He does yeah. like a one issue burst or something crap. He, he, yeah, know. he comes in and then he leaves. I would rather that they grabbed characters they felt an affinity for. Um and just kind of write around that like like write that than try and stick entirely to like a comics roster because in some cases i can say like well i've seen that i've seen mm. that sort of that thing and but i'm i'm i'm, 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 I'm archer and armstrong i love archer and armstrong and you're not going to give me an archer and armstrong tv show um so you know but, but no quantum of Woody. See, All right. Yeah. Well, I, I, I hope I'm not making this up. I hope this is something I legitimately remember. <laughs> but I'm fairly sure Aaron Shoke. You go with that. The 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 screenwriter for this. I'm sure I heard him on a podcast like pitching a quantum of Woody. No, no. I'm sure I heard him on a podcast talk about the quantum woody scenes they either wrote or filmed for this mm. and I, i'm sure it was something about quantum and woody are like waiting on the couch and there's like they're seeing on tv stuff about ninjack or something like this and they they're like we're gonna get the call any day now yeah the call honestly okay. i'd like that I would that would have been nice yeah just like a just any second now, we're going to yeah, get the call. I'm 
That's what they said. Said it was like Quantum Woody and the Go sat on the couch waiting for the call to come in, and then the phone rings. But well, that's the end of the season. Ah, uh, see, that's why they had to not do it. Goat push the CGI budget way over. Unless I'm mistaken, I think they'd either written or filmed that, and it got cut because. There was meant to be a Quantum and Woody TV show, and it's now three years later, and we're still waiting. I'm yeah, sure yeah. that's what he said on the, I don't know, the Valiant podcast, the Get I, Get I Valiant. Val- I want to say it's the Get yeah, Valiant. Get podcast. Valiant, yeah, yeah. Valiant. Of all the podcasts, they seem the likely culprits. So, yeah, I, th- there was meant to be like joke Quantum and Woody, and instead we got no Quantum and Woody, which makes us all sad. I'll tell you what we do get though. Oh, 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 we try to do this in order. Are we still trying carry to... on? Carry on, because you know, going we're doing in... it in a, a, a in a mishmash we're of order and not order. We, we, we do get the teaser at the end as if there's going to be a sequel where, oh, yeah. where yeah. Master Dark rocks up. Like, oh yeah. Also, why do oh, we Master see... Dark? Why do we see Master Dark's temple at the beginning? Just foreshadowing, it's to set something up so you're not surprised when you see it at the end because you go, Oh, I saw this in the beginning, didn't thank know what it God. meant then, and I don't know what it means now. <laughs> well, thank God I've stuck with this entire thing so I can see it again. Oh. I'll tell you, and this is a spoiler for a future episode. More confidence that this was going to get a sequel than 2015's Fantastic Four, weren't there? Hell yeah. <laughs> Which the I- the irony lot. is they will make another Fantastic Four film at some point. I know. And and unfortunately, Zach and I are now contract bound to watch it at some well, point. Yeah, thank you well, for yeah. doing that as well. Because uh, if it's awful, at least you can tell me and I can avoid it. <laughs> Whereas, you know, Dark versus the... Ma- no, Master Dark versus Dark the Valley Val- Universe. I'd watch that. I'm more excited for that. It, especially if his sister gets involved. That would be nice. Family show. Sandria? Sandria? <laughs> yeah. Which one? The first one. <laughs> Um, so the internal warrior has been introduced. Eric's oiling himself up. Yeah. We're having a flashback. Flashbacks, yeah. baby. Flashback is a nice idea. If only it was executed in a way that meant we cared. I thought Will was like responding in shock then, but that was just a yawn. <laughs> I know a bit. <laughs> It was. It caught me by surprise a little bit. <laughs> I thought that was how Will felt about the flashback myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> as flashbacks go, it wasn't a terrible idea, but it ultimately basically just told us that they hung out once and Colin is aware that Neville has a daughter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who he cares about. Which I think he knows, because when Roku said, I've got Neville's daughter, I imagine he twigged at that point. (laughs) Also, at some point, Neville's wife becomes his ex-wife, and she seems to do that during the plot of this web series. To be fair, I'd have left him. (laughs) He's got mustard on his shirt, it's gross. (laughs) 
having an affair with a sandwich. I'm not interested. <laughs> and his assistant. Yeah. <laughs> That's the untold story. I was just going to make some offhand comments about Neville then, but I just... I, I just find it hard to believe that he's the kind of man who slices his sandwich at his desk and has it on a plate. I, I, he strikes me as a Tupperware kind of man. I think mm-hmm. I think yeah. he slices sandwiches before he gets to work. Maybe that's showing yeah. the uh, his wrecked home life. <laughs> forgot, to, forgot to go cut his sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah, now he's his, not got his, his wife. domestic reminded. life is a mess. So he yeah. just he gets up in the morning, slaps some mustard on some bread. That's like, <laughs> it's like, a, yeah, like a deduction Sherlock Holmes would make. Ah, that man is eating a sandwich like that. Clearly his <laughs> wife has left him. Crisps and mustard. He's a sad sack. <laughs> Although crisps and mustard sandwiches are quite good. Oh no, Catherine's going to leave me. (laughs) It's coming. What happens after the flashback, Angela? I'm glad you asked. Right. Um, So then we have a flash to, uh, a flash forward to Neville's wife and daughter who were being, who were being held by Roku. The lady with the terrible, scary hair. Roku, they're the one. And she visits them and is, you know, threatening um, and I mean, I'm not going to say that child actors are difficult to work with because I'm sure they are. But basically, the stage direction they gave you this small child was just bury your head in that woman's chest and just pretend to cry for this scene. And that was, the, and to be fair, she plays that absolutely perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, the wife appears to be, I'm going to talk about the daughter when she actually speaks later on. She's clearly American. Um, the wife is clearly American, so I assume that the ex-wife took the daughter and raised her in America, which begs the question, how was Neville going to see her for the weekend? Are transatlantic chase flights really that cheap? In the Valiant Universe. <laughs> no one can hear you scream. <laughs> Nobody can charge you to fly. Or is he diverting MI6 resources so he can uh, go... And- Pick up his daughter Ooh. in a government jet. That could be it, the private jet. These questions. Um, <laughs> so many questions. Well, um, we'll send you back in time several years so that you can ask them, so that they can get, uh, so that they can be corrected. Yeah, we'll, we'll fix this using time travel. Bullshit time travel. That's what we'll do. We'll fix it. Um. So yeah, that that then happens. Neville leaves a message for his wife to say about the fact that he can't see the daughter because stuff's come up at work. Uh, for some reason, he's not at all suspicious of the fact that it's night time and his wife's answering the phone. Maybe it's the time difference. Don't know. Um, and then we have the classic Bloodshot versus Ninjak factory fight scene. Discuss if you wish. Get stabbed. Get stabbed with cold. (laughs) Yeah, the way to defeat Bloodshot is to freeze him. Which to be, I I don't dislike as a like. Well, I I can't really do that much, honestly. You're just gonna keep coming as a solution to an unkillable machine. Like it, Mm -hmm. it, 
yeah, I guess it kind of works. It's kind of sort of convenient that he's got his hands around his throat at the time he freezes him. By the time yes. he's frozen, his hands are just gently splayed open so that Ninjak can crawl free rather than being out, yeah. frozen yeah. tight around his neck. <laughs> um, I do have to ask a question that when we see Bloodshot unfreeze, that's the perfect moment for him to, like, you know, eat some jerky or an entire cow, as we often see him do in the comics. Yeah. yeah. Um, At least Mr. Freeze quip. Yeah, there's there's ample opportunity for this to either fill in the character or make some dumb joke, and instead we get, he stole my bike! Ugh! But left my trench coat behind. Is that, is it like a reference to, I'm sure there's a film where there is a line like, he stole my bike, and I'm sure it's a better film, but I just can't remember it at the moment. But I feel like that is a thing that's happened in a film, and therefore we have to put it in. Probably an action film. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be. Definitely. I don't know be. off the top of my bumps, but. No. It's vaguely familiar. Yeah. yeah. That is something that's missing from this. We don't get any of those, like, action movie quips, do we? Like, you know, stick around or. Yeah. The, oh. the only one that I can think of off the top of my head. Sorry to leave you in the cold. There you go. That's good. Um, of course, my favourite thing about action movie quips is that. There's no reason for any of it to be said, is there? So, no. it's like if you like embellishing the story afterwards, it's like, so I was fighting Bloodshot and I injected him with like, you know, liquid cold. And then I'm all like, sorry to leave you in the cold. It's just funny because it's like a, like a, like a pun kind of thing. You might say it just if, if you're feeling a bit low about yourself, you might just say it just so you feel a little better. So you can just go like, ha. Walking away like, can I crack me up, man? I <laughs> and then you hit the frozen person with like a stick and you crack them up, like because they're frozen, yeah. they shatter. Um, yeah. would would sh- shatter if you hit him with a stick? <laughs> is that like in Terminator Two? Is that is that? Oh the plan? yeah, yeah. Like that's, freeze that's him the and then shatter him. Yeah. But then, if we warmed up the bits of Bloodshot, would they come back together and form a yes. Bloodshot? Or would they form loads of little Lots bloodshots. of little Bloodshots, like in uh, <laughs> Sorcerer's Apprentice. <laughs> and that's where Blood Squirt comes from. Aha! Yeah. Yeah, this little is, a, this is a great film that we're writing steadily. <laughs> <laughs> Valley, uh, if you're listening, <laughs> have we got a pitch for you? <laughs> it's basically what you've made, but with all these additional bits that we've thought about. We've just got the jokes that tie everything else together. <laughs> really bring it home. Yeah, yeah. deep into the Valiant lore. <laughs> so, the the fight isn't bad, overall. It, no. it, ends, no. in, it's, it ends kind of dumb, but... You, you, it, the choreography is good. It's and dumb it's... in the right way. Yeah, yeah. It's, com- it's comic book dumb. Yeah, yeah, like, it is. I, I think it's... that saying, "Hey, this comic book movie is dumb," sometimes can be like this action comic book movie is is dumb. Is is kind of being a little bit unfair because, um, like, when you like, you've got people punching pe- people through walls um for no like and, and and shooting lasers and stuff and it's like okay i i can like 
you just have it's one of these things where it's not about exactly suspension of disbelief like but it's about just going like you know what that's 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 good with me i'm am i going to get to see more people get frozen no am i going to get to see like equally dumb stuff yes Am I going to get to see Bloodshot flying a fighter jet um, whilst <laughs> Arik is on the other side so that they can pick... Oh, it's great. One of, one of the notes I've made is, but why is Bloodshot in a fighter jet? <laughs> <laughs> because we've paid Jason David Frank probably the most out of any of this cast, and damn it, we're going to get our money's worth. That was on his rider. <laughs> I need to be in a. I need to be in a jet at some point. Must have yeah. seen with fire jet <laughs> explanation not necessary. Yeah. If Exo Manowar gets to fly, so does Bloodshot. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that was all there was to it. That makes sense. So following the fight, yeah. we go back to MI6, where. I'm going to question why Capshaw's there, because she's US military. Admittedly, she doesn't know how to put medals on a military uniform, because apparently you put some on both sides, so it's mm. symmetrical. <laughs> and we don't know what really what branch of the armed forces she's involved with, but she's a colonel, even though she doesn't really have a colonel insignia. But hey. See, yeah, that's I- the thing as well, is that when we first see her, she's in the kind of action suit. Yeah. Yeah. But I like the fact that Capshaw is a recognised military rank. Like in mm. the comics, she's almost always seen in uniform, and yeah. like she's the one barking orders and making the tough decisions. She's not. I mean, when it comes to her doorstep, like she's ready to get involved. But as a character, I prefer her much more of being a authoritarian kind of commander role. Son of a Nick yeah. Fury, which is obviously what she what she's yeah is as the as the head of Gate, yeah. than a than a Winter Soldier, which is what she looks like at, <laughs> at the start. It, it's weird. I I had completely forgotten that Capshaw was in this, and I think the writers did about half. She's pretty immaterial, yeah. What whilst I think including her is good, I can't help think it would have been nice if she'd been like you know as important as Neville, and if she'd been the one, you know, getting Unity on the blower as she is, you know, in charge of Unity. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have, that would have made sense though, and <laughs> if we've learned anything so far, it's that Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe is anti-sense. Yeah. <laughs> Hot, anti-sense. but fair. <laughs> oh, God, the reality. <laughs> it's a terrible reality. Crushing weight of reality. So, sort of after that, we go back to the flashback with the training bit, where Gil four months been, earlier. Four months earlier, <laughs> because that's the thing. Because we have to establish what unity is and how these people came together as a team, even though we don't really do that with this flashback. But let's gloss over <laughs> it. Um, yeah, and basically, Gilad is basically Yoda. That's this... the note I've made. <laughs> Does this scene suggest that the best training facility MI6 has is an abandoned warehouse? With a few few crash mats. Don't forget the crash mats. I mean, let's... With a few crash mats. Well, let's work through who we've got. So we have a 
a machine man who doesn't really need to be trained in anything. Like he's a, he's an invulnerable machine man. You've got a Visigoth warrior wearing a alien spacesuit, another immortal, and a kid who can just think of fighting. <laughs> <laughs> and it happens. Not just but fighting any skill. It literally anything, yeah. including any psyop ability that are not really covered in this show, but could do anything that Livewire could do uh, or any other character. What, what are they training for? They're training to be a team. So they should be doing like trust falls and um, yeah. doing that awkward like creeping death thing where you go around and like hi, I'm, games. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm Armstrong and I like drinking oh. and yeah. satchels. My <laughs> favourite Sunday. Do you reckon if you did a trust fall with like bloodshot that he'd weigh a ton? <laughs> I don't know. We, we've never really covered if the nanites are heavy or if... Well, the amount like, of nanites yeah. he has in there i mean he is like chock full of them isn't he i guess that's yeah the um it's like it's you know what weighs more a million ants or something else that's quite heavy or bloodshot yeah a million ants or a million nanites which weighs more um it's it's a good question. Out of all of them, I think Trust Falls, I think you can best rely on Archer. Well, yeah. yeah. I think Livewire would be okay. Mm-hmm. But um, do not trust Armstrong. No. At all. He's not going to get you. He's not going to bother. Eric's not going to bother. No. No. But I, I think this could have been an entirely different scene if we'd cut to them all, like, sat around in a circle introducing themselves and being like, oh, they, Hi, they, I'm Gillard, I'm impossibly like old, me. and the planet brings me back from the dead to just <laughs> protect the current gardener. And yeah. They definitely they should have been a HA the, uh, meeting, ice, like Heroes yeah, Anonymous. Like, they do the yeah. icebreaker game where you, like, you put a stick, where, like, You've got a sticker with a famous person on your head, and they all have to describe it. Is it Toyo Harada? (laughs) (laughs) Is it Sunlight on Snow? (laughs) That famous character. I could have been into that. There's potential for... It's only just crossed my mind as well that um, they've obviously picked Ninjak to be the focal point. But there is literally a comic series of Everybody versus Gillad. That is, yeah. And I yes. thought, well, yeah, I mean, you've, you've already got the story in existence if you do it that way around. Do you think I mean, Ninjak's the most marketable? No. No. I think it would have been more interesting to do it with, say, the book of the Geomancer, he doesn't think that MI6 is the safest place to put it because, let's be honest, Neville drops the ball now and then. So he gets wind that someone's going to steal it from MI6, so he decides to preempt it and steal it himself because, you know... He but that to... was their plan. Exactly. Their... Exactly, nice. Matt. You see? There we right. go. That's another and episode then... to post. And it's the null. <laughs> Because I want it to be the null. And it's the null. He's going to have it as the null. It doesn't really matter. But anyway, there you go. And then the others have to track him down. But he's not prepared to trust them because Armstrong's his brother who he's got issues with. Um, 
he trusts, you know, he, he doesn't know if he can trust them because it's important that he looks after it. And what if, you know, what if they don't understand it and, you know, he's got issues. And, yeah, you could just, there you go, Valiant. There's another idea for you. Yep, I'd buy into that. You could even put Kay McHenry in that and explain what a geomancer is. Which mm-hmm. would have made it a thousand times better. Well, we have been threatened in the past with the Eternal Warrior film starring Dave Bautista. Yes, we have. Does anyone think we're going to get that film at this point? No. No. If you were to cast a professional wrestler as (laughs) Eternal Warrior, Um, and it it couldn't be any of the Johnny Hennigan variations. He's he's, he's such a good pick for that, though. (laughs) He's got that right amount of awkward... Because Gillard is socially awkward. Yeah, he's, he's like well. stiff and uncomfortable. I'm really, and... really digging down into the old memory banks. Um, Triple H. <laughs> Ooh, not, not entirely a bad call. I can. Right. Oh, he's bald now, though. Oh, he's bald now. Oh, yeah. that's disappointing. He could wear Jake a wig. The, Jake the Snake Roberts. Um, just because I want, I want to see. Yeah, the ultimate warrior. Sorry, the ultimate warrior. Um, no, the eternal warrior. Um, just cut the most incredible promos you've ever heard. I and like, I want him to like um, do a heel turn where he buries someone alive um, after pretending to train them um, for ages. Oh, that's um, like an inside baseball joke. Really, really not where I expected that to go. But I'm, actually, I'm thinking of a legitimate answer as well. But oh, like, of course you are. Yeah. Um, I'll come back if at some point down the line you just hear me shout a a, a name. Like I'll I'll try I'll, I'll try and not just yell one of my favorite wrestlers. Like at some point you, I'll try to avoid just yelling Arn Anderson um, into the microphone. Uh, because he would be an objectively terrible choice, but I, I can see the confusion in Will's eyes, and <laughs> I'm just trying to think of more Johnny Tinsel Beam, Johnny <laughs> um... Johnny Flesh Market, Johnny Draw Finger, and so on. You're doing good. <laughs> um... Actually, you know what? Give Christian a go. I can okay. see Chris Cage um, a go at it. Like, it's no John Morrison, but like, it's... Appa- apparently it has to be a wrestler, though. We, we, we've learned this. You yeah, can't yeah, go casting yeah, like, no. an, an actor to do it. You have to get someone yeah, who's a wrestler be. and actor. Yeah. Like Christian Cage, to be fair. Because if, if we were getting a, an actor, you'd just, you'd just get Keanu Reeves and be done with it, wouldn't you? Well, yeah. Is that what Berserker is? Mm, pretty much. Yeah, uh, kind of. Um. Um, <laughs> uh, I, there was a point where I was going to ask people to fan cast a Valiant Universe, and I just realised that this episode is so long already. That... Yeah, I, and I, I, <laughs> yeah. I'd have to spend a while thinking about wrestlers. <laughs> I'd have to spend a while looking yeah. up wrestlers. So, okay. What... What's the point of this episode? What are we doing right now? We are revisiting Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe and giving it the critical deep dive that it really didn't have at the time. (laughs) So, Paul Birchall, 
Paul Birchall is Ninjack. <laughs> 2005 calls. They want, they want their pirate back. Uh, uh, oh dear. Yeah, but that's what we're doing. We are we are bringing this to the attention of the world and telling them why they shouldn't watch it, essentially. Right. But describing the much better Ninja versus the Valiant Universe, they should watch mm-hmm. in, a, in their heads. A oh, legitimate... You know, actually, uh, Brian Kendrick for The Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> it's not The Ultimate Warrior. Oh, the Eternal Warrior! <laughs> Ultimate Warriors is stage name. Oh, the God. Internal Warriors is porn name. <laughs> oh. Right. Legitimately, as a, as a comment about this guy, <laughs> Try as you might. <laughs> Come on, Zach. You can get us back on track. I think the biggest problem with Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe is that they settled on Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe. Yeah. yeah. If we had had, like, a 10-minute Livewire episode, a 10-minute Bloodshot, a 10-minute EXO, yeah. a 10-minute... If we'd had the exact same amount of episodes, but they were each a deep... Like, if they were each a focus episode, and then they all came together in, like, one or two last episodes to tell... Yeah story oh maybe not even that you know maybe maybe just 10 minutes of of non-connected material that like at the end of if you if you're interested enough you you go and read some arch and armstrong you go and pick up a Uh, bloodshot comic i feel like i feel like a like converge episodes that that have like a convergence point um would work real would have worked really well, and like you say, like because some characters, yeah, just don't get enough time to actually tell you anything about them, other than like Livewire. All you really know about Livewire is like that she can control, like that she can control their nanites, like, and that's as if that's like all, like mm-hmm. you you don't really no anything yeah if they were dead when, set on ninjack as well you could do almost like a brave and the bold yeah, thing yeah. of it's ninjack teams up with a character for a mission and then that's done with and then yeah you know you learn a bit about that character through ninjack and great that could yeah. work as well i guess yeah the, the other thing as well is that although they're all together these are quite disparate parts of the valiant universe there's a reason that not all of these are actually on the Unity team in the comics in that, yes, it's an interconnected universe, but the world that Shadow Man walks in is quite different to Archer and Armstrong. It's quite different to Bloodshot. Like, they all have their own tone, even though there is crossover and they're all set in the same universe. But, like, Archer and Armstrong crossover best with Quantum and Woody, and they're, like, in their little comedic corner or, Mm. you know, less blood and guts kind of area. Um, you know, Exo's got his whole sci-fi thing. Bloodshot, mm-hmm. if you read the Jeff Lemire run, has much sadness. Um, <laughs> it's, much it's that sadness. kind of thing. So it would make more sense to have Ninjak sort of team up with each one for a mission 
and then you you've got your bit of a crossover you've got it all linked together but i think it is difficult to put archer and armstrong in the same thing with exo and keep it tonally consistent mm. That said, we saw that it, we saw in Van Lenty's run, we got a crossover between Bloodshot and Archer and Armstrong. We did, which is why I picked Exo for my example. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you know, the, some of these things do work together in quite odd ways, but I but I know I know what you mean, Angela. I do think they often stay in their lane for the most part. You've kind of got the the horror side, the action side, the sci-fi side, and they often chart their own course yeah. yes yeah which which works quite well in the comics and the other thing is who is this for do you want ninjak versus the valiant universe because the way it was made and released and all the rest of it it was clearly made for people who know the characters who are fans who are going to seek it out because you're putting it on cbr.com mm-hmm. whereas what you know it's like what was the point of this was this meant to introduce people to valiant because i don't think it worked like that because all the comments under the videos when they were released at the time were basically valiant fans because they knew what it was and they chose to yeah exactly and that's that's what i that's what i was saying like putting it on c uh, on like cbr which is a website you only go to if you already like read comics and all that want to find out about a comic um and stuff like is like it's not the worst choice in the world, but it's it is a case of like you you are getting an audience that already you got that already cares about this stuff. Mm. You preach into yeah. the choir. Yeah. This this is all very true. Um what happened next? Yeah, I mean, are we carrying on with the narrative? Is- Four, shall, shall we fast forward to the great fight? The great fight, capitalized. The, the best fight. So it's no. it's Ultimate Warrior versus Jake Roberts. And- yes. <laughs> um, and uh, Roberts, re- like a few weeks before, buried the Ultimate Warrior alive. Um, after, and after asking him, do you trust me? Um, <laughs> so... Alec and Armstrong have been buried alive by Ninjak. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? So, uh, Exo and Ninjak had a fight. Um, at the end of it, Bloodshot shoots Ninjak with the magic dissolving adrenaline bullet. He ends cool. up in the dead side. Shadow Man brings his back. Then they end up in a church. Everyone sort of, except Archer and Armstrong, who are mysteriously on a road trip. For some reason, not answering the phone. Driving a Jeep on the wrong side of the road in America. Exactly. And- does anybody else think that they're driving a Jeep in America on the correct side of the road and then they flipped the footage yes. so it looks like yes. he's driving the, on the right hand side on the left hand side of the road? It almost definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Uh, I, I, I was worried I was being too harsh, but I'm, if we're uh, all in agreement that that's exactly how that affects what happened. Um, Exo live wire bloodshot on Giladder in the church. Shadow Man appears and is enigmatic um and then uh they're like oh yes we should team up and all that jazz um and then archer and armstrong no one can get through to them and then they have the best fight in the whole thing with ninjak in the bathroom and is it a motel or is it just a it just seems like a it's a dive. Bus- <laughs> up shack it looks like a shit yeah. it's, it's a shit yeah you- 
you would feel bad living there, it's nowhere near anything, but it's also in England. This is something that I struggle with. Yeah. Where is this? Like, you keep telling, you can tell me when flashbacks are, but you can't tell me which part of fictitious England you think has got mountains. And there are lots of mountains, but there, there, no, there are no mountains in England. Oh, I mean, we have hills. We have ben quite Nevis. serious hills. Oh, yeah. don't just make locations up, Will. I <laughs> um, don't remember there was Wales. a Jackie Chan. Yeah, you're right. It's in Wales, isn't it, Ben Nevis? Yeah. In Britain. In Britain. That. Do you remember there was a Jackie Chan cartoon? I do. Jackie Chan yeah. There's there one was. particular episode where there's like a London well, tour guide and he takes the tour bus to uh, Stonehenge. Yes. Just, you yeah. know, just pop outside of London to Stonehenge and... Uh, you know. I I love Jackie Chan Adventures very much. Me too. (laughs) Um, But like I say, just to clarify, in case we get corrections, we are aware Ben Nevis is in Scotland. Matt is aware that Ben Nevis is in Scotland. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Snowdonia is in Wales, right? Yeah, right, that way around. The existence of any mountains in England. (laughs) Well, these aren't in England, these are in Britain. True, true. Yeah, but as we I'm know, I'm still denying the existence of Britain. <laughs> but as we know, in American media, Britain equals England every time, right. unless it's mysterious Scotland, in which case terrible accents come into play. But generally, Britain equals England, mm-hmm. and speci- specifically either Cockney or posh. Yeah, they're the two accents. They're the only two. Th- ways that people speak in England according to most American films and according to the reality I think (laughs) so I think most of us are posh except for Will who's Cockney right (laughs) (laughs) I'm a Cockney (laughs) (laughs) yeah so after all that stuff happens um, there's the big fight underground with all of Unity and Ninjak and Roko's henchmen, I'm just going to put it out there. Did anyone notice the ethnicity of literally every single person who works for Roku? Oh, oh, English. No. <laughs> no, they're all Asian. Yeah. And I'm not oh, okay. saying there's racial stereotyping going on. And I'm not saying that she's got an interesting hiring policy. Maybe she has. Maybe she's going for diversity and she just happens to be employing all Asian henchmen. But I just thought I'd throw that out there. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them that it might just be the same man (laughs) who has been copied and pasted throughout the scene. (laughs) It might literally just be one dude. No, there's definitely there's two different hairstyles. There's at least okay. two. Of, there's there's two at least two, at least two guys. Um, in the in the fight, the archer and Armstrong and Ninjak fight. I think there's some of the yes. again some of the more successful like comedy bits. I thought the good cop bad yeah. cop argument yeah. that they have yeah. was was actually genuinely quite funny. And when he's like slamming his head in the door, yeah, again, it was it was very slapstick. Um. And the fact that he takes Archer out sort of on purpose after he gets the message that they're not supposed to be fighting Ninjak anymore. Yeah. Or just yeah. fucking whops him straight into a wall. <laughs> really hard. That made me laugh. It's interesting because 
that sequence the yeah the good cop bad cop discussion the actual fight the interaction with ninjak and yeah knocking archer out essentially and then yeah get his head cracks open with a door all feels like it's been written by someone who's like read some archer and armstrong and gets yeah. it yeah and that's, yeah yeah previous that's, to that it felt like they haven't now it that, doesn't go on imdb it doesn't go into detail but there are series writing credits for matt kint clay mann mark moretti and joe casada who all apparently wrote one episode each. Now, I don't know which one. I, I wonder if that you was may just, be right. Well, that was just like crediting Ninja writers. Um, yeah. Yeah. Could well artists, be. I mean, like, MDB doesn't go into detail. It does say one episode, but you still, you, you may well be right yeah. there that it's a well, broad. Sada, the artist on Ninja. Yes, well, in the yeah. 90s. When, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I do also wonder Elliot Rahal. Friend of the show and, you know. Um, Previous interviewee on this very podcast. Wrote the four-issue comic book series to accompany this. Yeah. And it comes across that he wrote that after the show was, like, written. And it kind of makes you wonder, like, well, why didn't Elliot, like, just co-write the show? Because he's, he's good at writing stuff. It felt like a bit of an afterthought Like we've got this web series We're a comics company We should put out a comic Yeah and I, I remember people This this Oh this is so 2018 I, I remember people talking about The Ninjak versus comic book series And how cool it would be If it came out with like You know the DVD Like in the back of it Or like a oh, download yeah. code So they download the show Oh yeah when, oh, yeah. yeah. Obviously that didn't happen No um, Another good idea wasted But all the like Yeah yeah the trade should come out And have the DVD with it Or like Yeah a way to get it online It's like Should it though Will it I mean Yeah probably should have should come out with a film <laughs> on a Betamax tape. Natural <laughs> Betamax. I do wonder. Alright. I own all of Ninja Versus in singles. Angela owns all of Ninja Versus in singles. Yep. Matt, Matt and Will, any interest from either of you to go and read that comic book? Uh no. Only insofar as to see what the differences are. Okay, yeah. Um, I have a natural distrust for reverse tie-ins, novelizations of films, of games, comics of oh, games. I just generally, I'm, I'd, I'd I'm always fascinated by those, even if I like, just like in in the same way that I'm fascinated by things like, oh, they did a novelization of the of an episode of Quantum Leap. Um, oh yeah, that's an exception. Um, that sounds genius. And, and stuff like that. Like, where, I mean, also, I regularly think about, like, novelization of Quantum Leap because just how often is it, is it Sam looking into a mirror and going, oh boy? Um, like, just, just the idea of Sam stared into, into the mirror, but the reflection was not his own. <laughs> um, <laughs> gives a description, gives, yeah, gives a description of, um, of his new body. 
Um, Sam, uh, and then like, yeah, you turn the page and it's just the two words and then it's the end of chapter. It's just, oh boy, chapter break. The nice. following page is just a full page that just uh, has theme tune and you have to imagine it. In yeah. Your <laughs> yeah. Um, Colin yeah, like looked I... into the mirror and <laughs> and Roku stared back at him through a plasma screen at the opposite oh, end of the yes! conference table. <laughs> oh, boy. That's <laughs> oh, genius. Um, but yeah, like, I do, I, I, even if I, even if they're not good, I'm often interested by them, uh, by that sort of thing, even if it's just that I will read descriptions of them, or like synopses, um, just because often those things get buck wild. That's um, fair. Yeah. Um, so, it, okay. Like I say, insofar as to see what's different. Yeah, no, that 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 is that is fair. And okay, sorry, sorry to once again derail us. So, bring us back on the rails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to hop back on the rails for a second. So, nice. throw down with Roku and her ninjas. I think. Mm-hmm. I think they're minions, so I'm calling them ninjas. Oh, <laughs> oh. Ah, that's uh, that's risky. Um, th- Which throw- is very very risky, but it's out there now. Throw down in, in, in Roku's, I don't know, warehouse, bunker, underground car park, I don't know. Um, and, I don't know, stuff happens from there, I guess. Somehow they end up on a plane, but only some of them. Roku basically leaves them to fight it out. and Oh, no, 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 right, they've got her cornered, um, but she grabs the small girl... Neville's daughter, that's her actual role in this, not small girl. But anyway, she grabs the child. She's like, you're coming with me. And then, you know, everyone's upset. Um, And so Colin follows them and she gets on a private plane. Um, Colin leaps on the wheels and is aboard the plane and somehow gets from the wheel well, wherever the wheels on a plane go, into the actual body of the plane. And then he fights Roku during which he straps a parachute to a child, pushes her out of a plane, and hopes for the best. <laughs> it's funny how quickly she turns from a child into a uh, sort of middle-aged man when she's parachuting out of the plane. <laughs> <laughs> Very odd. It's almost like you can't get, you can't do that to children. I mean, I don't understand why you can't, you know, See, parachute children out of planes. The, the, yeah, the, it, out of planes. It's weird because the shot we get of the person jumping out of the plane actually reminded me of. Do you remember those um, action men you could get in the nineties with the clip-on parachutes? Yes, yes. Oh, it, it great. just made me think like that is exactly <laughs> what this looks like. Like action man parachute being dropped out of a window. Yeah, yeah. doesn't yes. survive the landing. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's basically. He even has an orange parachute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coincidence? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Entirely so. Yeah. Um. So yeah, pl- plane fight. Colin dives out of a plane without parachute. Captain America's it, as we all know, and um, then gets intercepted by Exo Man of War, who of course cuts him into three equal parts as he tries yep. to catch him with his super fast arms. <laughs> <laughs> um. And sequence. Yeah, Credits roll, R.I.P. Ninjak. Yeah. I think there's quite a nice moment when Ninjak's falling where he just sort of accepts his death. 
Yeah. <laughs> like he's so saved, he saved Neville's wife and daughter, and like he's taking the book with him. And there's there's quite a genuinely sort of sweet moment, I think. Where he just sort of goes, "Well, this is me." So, <laughs> I'm sorry. Checking what, out. When yeah. you've just said, and you know, he's, he's taking the book with him, it just makes me think that of, of him being like, "Well, if I'm going down, I'm, I'm taking killing this, this novelization book. of Ninjak and the Valiant <laughs> Universe." With me. But yeah, taking well, if I'm going down, I'm taking this um, novelization of a Quantum Leap episode where he jumps into the body of a carnival worker with me. Yes. Correct. Um, and then, I don't even know, what's the end of this film? Um, right, okay, Woodshot blows you. up the jet with his fighter jet. So we all think she's dead, but then we're going to have like the post-credits sequence, which isn't a post-credit sequence, but I think it was meant to be. So Colin is saved by Exo Bloodshot blow something up with his fighter jet, hooray. And then we get, like, his little narration when he's back on the ground and everyone's together and it's, like, family and friends and warmth and, you know, even if I, an unlovable soul, can find solace and friendship with these people, then maybe life's okay or some such. Morals. Yes. (laughs) And then we're basically given the gist that Roku's going to be revived by Master Dark in a temple somewhere. Um, right. Things that I need to say before I forget. One, I want a series of, like, Jason David Frank action men that come with, like, Jason David Frank's fighter jet. Jason David Frank's... <laughs> Motorbike. Motorcycle. Well, shot or as a no, power no. just as... Just, just... <laughs> Jason David Frank as himself with various ludicrous accessories that kind of all oh. add up, but not and in the way all... you want. And he, he has a bunch of like his Christian MMA um, shirts. Yeah, yeah. There. yeah. Um, he's got his like uh, lion sword and his dragon dagger. All just like you know, Jason David Frank with eagle eye action. Jason David Frank with parrot. <laughs> oh, <suit. laughs> yeah. Jason David Frank with Jesus didn't tap out T-shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's my merch line for JDF. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. He should look into that. Mm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tweet him. He's not gonna <laughs> like it, but I'm gonna tweet him, tell him what I want. As as a long as a long term fan, <laughs> I demand. <laughs> I should be able to make demands. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So shall we just express our all our final thoughts? Unless Zach um, has more questions. Um, checking my notes. Um, the things I've not said, but we've kind of touched on. Whilst being quite nineties, I think the costumes are largely look pretty good, which yeah. we touched on. But that, yeah. that that was the way I phrased it. Um, my other questions that were noted were actually why is Blood Shine a fighter jet? Is yeah. this all meant to be England? Yeah. And of course, perhaps the most important question I wrote down is, "How do you know Shadow Man?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I bumped into him in an alleyway in Manchester while I was looking for copies of Ninja Versus. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I, I don't really have any more questions. This is kind of a so, final thoughts wrap up. So yeah, final thoughts. Like, how did everyone like? What What's everyone's sort of closing thoughts on the? film slash series my expectations were 
pretty much rock bottom. Yeah. And it's a bit better than that. Yay. Yeah, I... Think... I... Sorry, you can't move. No, 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 please go ahead. I was just going to say, I think there is a certain ambition to it, which is laudable. Um, I think they have attempted to make something sort of greater than their means, which I think is worthy of some praise. Like I said, I think design-wise it looks good. Fight choreography looked good. Mm. The script and the plot, I mean, the plot doesn't didn't really need to be that good it, as a vehicle to get from one fight to the next that's fine for a comic book film like I'm, I'm okay with that but the script was genuinely like trash at some points <laughs> it was probably the worst bit about it um but yeah still kind of fun and something quite uh pleasingly try hard about it mm-hmm. yeah I, I, I'd agree in the sense of, like, I've always heard pretty rough things about this, and they're mostly right, but I I kind of like it in, in the sense that it's trying in a way that, like, I, I do appreciate. Um, like, they don't get like, I like probably about half of this film. Um, like, or at least half of what it does, half or half of what it tries to do. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say I necessarily like, like this film, but I, I didn't hate it. And I didn't like, leave it going, oh, that was a waste of time. I went, oh, like, that was way better than I had any reason to expect it would be. Um, I like. I think that yeah, it was it was fun. It was pretty stupid. Um, it was occasionally quite occasionally quite bad. Um, but then you just get those like little shining moments, like the um, like the Archer and Armstrong fight um, with Ninjak, where like halfway through the objective of the fight changes from winning to losing um, and stuff like that. Like that's really fun. Um, like, yeah, I like this a lot more than it maybe even deserves, but I think that the people who worked on it, like some of them did some very good work, mm-hmm. like, t- particularly the costume um, design people, um, like they, they really did amazingly. Like when, like, like I wouldn't say all of the choreography, all the fight choreography is good, but when it's good, it's really quite fun. Maybe even cut down the cast, yeah, so that you could just give us actual sort of like, just give us a little bit of something about who each of these are a bit more than what we get. Um, like drop one character maybe and give and, and take that time to just give us a few minutes of, of just something about every other character. Mm-hmm. And I think you'd have a much better film. I, I, I agree. I think if the ambition here is impressive and 
I can see that given the first live action adaptation of any Valiant idea, I understand wanting to run with everything and yeah. I feel the feeling of like, well, we want to give you our action characters and our mystical characters and our comedy characters and our sci-fi characters and was this a pilot? Really, do you think? I I think there's every chance in the world that yes, there was some intention here that people would see this, see that. You know what? That whilst they're not the biggest names in the world, there are some like known actors. There are people here who've yeah. done voice work and people who and, like, have gone I can't on to imagine, things. I can't imagine with how much money went into the costumes and stuff that it couldn't have been. Like they couldn't have intended it, but only this. I, I yeah, I can't help but feel like there was some intention that maybe we weren't going to get a Ninjak series, but maybe we were going to get a Bloodshot series or a Valiant, maybe just a, a Unity series or something. I I can see that being a possibility. I think dropping some characters to make room for what we do have um, makes sense. It, it's kind of a, a contradiction because he's essential to the plot, but I, I feel. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 hit, hit me out. He's. We have to have Shadow Man for yes. Unity to find out what's going on. Except we don't, do we? No, Livewire could do it. Just Livewire can do the exact same job without Shadow Man appearing, without seeing the dead I side. Like the sh- I, I, I totally get that, and he is the most expendable, um, like plot element character. But yeah, it's kind of good as a as their as the way they work around it, and it's fun. And yeah, better. but the fact that they tell us earlier on that Livewire can do that, and it never comes. Yeah, Livewire could run the trace on the nanites and find a link to Roku. We know that's within her skill set, and instead we get Shadow Man. And I I love Shadow Man. I think he's a good character and i think he looks really good in this and i i get that if you want to connect to like master dark and the supernatural side of roku's origin yeah shadow man does that for you but whilst that's like all the pieces are there we never actually explore that so no no i i think you could drop shadow man and you could it's harsh, and I know I know we're meant to love him because he's like their guy. But you can drop Exo Man at War. Fish job. Yeah, I my mean, drop. I've I've often dreamt about dropping him from a great height. <laughs> so I certainly like. Fortunately, Eric, he Eric flies. is a character more than you, Angela. <laughs> but in this in this context, uh, yeah, I, I just he doesn't serve a great deal in the film that other characters couldn't equally do. Yeah. Look, we've got bloodshot in a fighter jet. Someone can go and rescue Colin from falling to death through his death. Yeah, he can just land on the on the. Fighter like, okay, jet. yeah, be and, oh, yeah. G- yeah Gilad, Gilad's like, okay, just prepare to launch the catapult. I'll grab him. <laughs> <in there. laughs> yeah, tackle him out of midair. Tackle him out of the sky. Why not? Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, get, all a of his gadgets. A very, get a wrestler with a very good spear. <laughs> You could just say that Ninjak's got a wingsuit. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. He's a, ga- he's a he's gadget like, boy, isn't he? He's like those gliding squirrels. Um, it's it, it, Yeah, there, there are ways to work around taking someone like Exo out of this, and I think it could have probably helped everyone else out a little bit. Um, nothing against Derek Feller? Yeah. That's, no? probably, that's, that's probably how you pronounce I, his name. I don't, Feller. 
he looks like Exo. I can see it. But yeah, yeah. he isn't the most essential to proceedings. Um, I I don't think this is a great watch, and I wouldn't like recommend this to people. If they if you want to get into Valiant, I'd recommend reading Valiant. If you want to know more about Valiant, yeah, read Valiant. Um. Look, I've well, done two articles on Bigger yeah, Than yeah. Games about Valiant. So this is Very a thing nice. to watch as already a Valiant fan just to experience it. Yeah, if you're in that super excited early days of discovering Valiant where you're high on the idea that there's a shared universe that's so neat and connected with so many cool characters, absolutely watch this. And yeah, it's, it's not going to change your life. You're not going to think this is the best demonstration of superheroes I've ever seen. But... It is nice and it is fun to see what a live action version of some of these characters could be. Mm, for sure. Yeah. Um, and we, we all got to see live action Neville, and that's what this was really about. <laughs> I mean, I've daydreamed of live action Neville for literally but, years. Like, I don't know so... how much I needed Neville's assistant until we got him. Neville's, I'm, Neville's assistant is. I'm so happy that they went with practical effects for that mustard stain. Like, if it was, <laughs> like, if made it again now, it'd be CGI. CGI mustard. Kids it's these days. But, yeah. <laughs> no, it's... The thing is, is it's interesting now going back, having watched it when I was excited, and, you know, literally trying to find all the ways to watch it, you know, once it was taken down from CBR.com. Um... Yeah, when you're first into that, oh, characters I like from a shared superhero universe on screen, I must, you know, admittedly a small screen, my laptop screen, or, <laughs> you know, it's not the biggest. Um, but, yeah, you, you do get excited about it. And, yeah, if you're new to Valiant, absolutely, you'll you'll have that, oh, yeah, this is this is how it could go. But there are better ways to do this, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have to ask, do, do you guys think that there are Valiant fans out there who, like, rewatch this all the time and are super into it? Or... Yes. There okay. are people who like the Suicide Squad movie. I mean, that is true. It's not, I mean, if you are going to, it's quite short. It's only an hour and ten minutes. Yeah. It's and not... there are fun bits. I could see occasionally wanting to rewatch like, a fight, like, a, like certain yeah. scenes. Like, as a clip, if you were just like, oh, hey, like, showing someone who liked, who was, like, who'd maybe read, like, an issue or two or something and going, hey, here's a cool bit that they did of them. Just pretend that it's not part of a larger <laughs> whole. I mean, you could even, you know, someone might be, like, in the mood to watch one of the, epi- you know, like, oh, that was not a bad episode. I'll just rewatch that episode. Mm. I mean, I've not rewatched this in some years yeah. and I feel like I'm the kind of person that would yeah if true. It were, we know this um, if it were I mean it, it, the thing is is you're not going to have a horrible time you are not at any point going to want to punch the screen as you know I've watched some terrible films based on comic book adaptations yeah. um, including quite recently and it's just an absolute joyless experience. And you're just like, oh, God, when will this end? Um, please, somebody just drop a bomb and rocks fall and everybody dies. And 
this is fine. Not not in the film, just in just in real life. In just yeah. just in Woodley. Crush me now, Lord. It's the hedgehog the hedgehog's revenge. Um, no one's gonna get that reference apart from people here. But anyway. Um but yeah, this is not a bad time this is not a bad time watching it. I found it quite amusing in parts, all the wrong reasons. I'm a bit more critical of some parts than I was when I first watched it. The casting isn't bad, apart from, you know... I mean, I have my difficulties with Archie and Armstrong, but I do wonder if part of that as well is this was around the infamous period where oh, A&A yeah. out. Um, and I oh, hate- yeah, that... When you go to the end, past the end credits, and it shows you the the, the photos of all the covers, yeah, and it shows you it's that bloody right A&A, about A&A, isn't it? And I'm just like, oh. So I get why that's possibly why they're off because if the creators of you know Bat in the Sun web series people, if they had just read the most recent versions of an Arch and Armstrong comic, that might be why I felt their dynamic was off. Um, but yeah, it it's fine. Yeah. So. Yeah. Are people excited for Bloodshot next well, week? Sorry, next month? I'm excited to see whether it it's as as good as I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I right. think I'm the only one here who hasn't seen it. Yeah. Because um, we were we we were all meant to go together to see it at the cinema, right? Literally, right before. Uh, the first lockdown. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I somehow I, I, I wasn't drawn to, to seek it out. Uh, if, if you've seen the trailer. I've seen it. You'll be well prepared. <laughs> what, what I will say is, whilst I don't think it's a perfect film, I actually quite like Bloodshot. So that might yeah. might put me in the minority here. I just I just don't want to give anything away. This is uh, no. this is gold dust for for later. Yeah. yeah. So um, Zach, do you want to give a word uh, a word from our sponsors? Sure. Uh, our sponsors are Traveling Man. They're based in Leeds, Newcastle, York, and Manchester. Wow, I really shouldn't vary up that order. Um, and they they got Valiant comics. They've got you know the old stuff, the new. They've got stuff. the Valiant board. Sorry, card game. I imagine. Uh, they did have. They, they did have. Could work out uh, how that works. They they did have the Valiant deck builder, which I own and Angela own, and neither of us understand. Um, they did also have the Ninja versus the Valiant Universe card game, which also me and Angela game, have. Yeah. Yep. But neither of us have played. Mm-hmm. Um. Maybe, maybe that's our next. Maybe that's the third part of this. We'll do a live stream of the four of us trying to play the Valiant board games. Yeah, and just, just shaking our heads and staring at each other. Um, can I? Can I play Archer and Armstrong? Sure. Why, why the hell not? Providing that's quite, an option. I, that's, why not? that's not an option in the board game. That's not an option. Ninja versus the Valiant. I don't know if they are an option. In, in Ninja versus you can. In the Valiant deck builder, I'm not sure. I don't think they're not in one of them. I remember. But it's been a while since I attempted to understand them. The, so. the Ninjak versus game includes all the characters from the, t- from the show. That's it. The. Deck builder includes whoever they felt like at the time. So it's possible you can still get that from Travelling Man. Who knows? But mm. if you were going to be able to, you'd probably be able to do it uh, Do it from their website, which is Zach. 
travelingman.com. Yep, where you can uh, find all sorts of Valiant and non-Valiant related goodies. Well, why um, would you choose anything other than Valiant? That's right. <laughs> Make mine Valiant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think that's the conclusion to this. We've been Angela, Matt, Will and Zach. Um, this has been Bigger Than Capes and will continue to be. And remember that comics are Uh, bigger bigger than 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 than